What's going on, guys? In this episode, I was down in Florida recording, so I did have a mobile setup, and the audio quality is not as good as it normally is. If you haven't already, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Legionnaire Athletics and share the show so that way we can reach as many people as we possibly can. All right, let's get in this episode. Welcome to Legion Lifestyle. I'm your host, Dean. Joining me today, differently, I'm all the way down in Florida visiting my good friend, Nicole. Why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Well, honestly, my name is Nicole. I am 24 years old. I am a certified trainer, nutritionist, pro bikini bodybuilder, and I own my own coaching business called Team Golden Grit. And you are a professional bikini competition mm-hmm. bodybuilder. Uh, what is that? Yeah, so basically in short terms, I put on a bikini and I go on stage. But like <laughs> that sounds like wrong. <laughs> um, no, basically I am a bodybuilder, but I am the lowest in the female division, um, which you still have to work plenty hard and have a lot of muscle on you but it's just the smallest division, put it that way. Okay, and I have a good handful of questions that my friends and a few listeners have asked uh, for you to have me ask you uh, something like that. But I don't know where I wanna start. Um, I guess this is a good one. Uh, So at what point did you get into fitness? It's like, what age? Oh, wow. Well, how deep do you wanna go? Yes. Very deep? Okay. So I can just give you like my backstory and how I got into fitness and stuff. Yeah, let's hear it. I think the people would love to hear that. Yeah. I honestly, I don't think I've ever told you this. Like, I think I've told maybe two people in my life this. And now you're about to tell the world. Let's hear it. (laughs) Yeah. So basically growing up, I was never an athletic person. Like, you know that about me. I'm terrible when it comes to sports super coordinated oh man so that was like the cool thing to do though like if you were in school all of the popular popular kids they always did sports so the fact that I didn't do sports I always felt just like an outcast I felt weird um first grade I tried to play t-ball absolutely hated it ended up crying to my mom telling me that I did not want to do it (laughs) Um, then when it came around to like seventh and eighth grade, I tried volleyball, I tried track and I actually did wrestling cheerleading too. Um, but I didn't enjoy it. Like it just wasn't me. But around that time, that's when everyone starts going through puberty and things start changing. And for females, you start to gain weight. And looking back then, it's like, ah, shit, I'm getting myself a pair of hips that's awesome Your but cat is currently murdering my foot <laughs> oh my god buddy get off <laughs> chill yeah he loves feet by the way yeah i can tell just be aware he's, i've got great feet he's got a foot fetish yeah I, yeah. yeah I can tell but in eighth grade started going through puberty um started to gain weight which is like totally normal that's like you becoming a female but in my mind i was like i'm getting fat and my brother being a brother picks on you or picked on me basically and so i took it very personally and from feeling like i didn't fit in all of a sudden gaining weight and like having curves for once i had very low self-confidence and that ended up going into essentially like an eating disorder and so i would go in through bouts of 
like severely restricting calories. And then that led into a little bit of binge eating as well. And I did that probably from eighth grade to like halfway through junior year, I believe. Um, And through that time, in my mind, I was trying to make myself look better and trying to make myself feel better or whatever. And eventually, after doing that for several years, I figured out, like, this shit fucking sucks. Like, I am going nowhere. I feel worse. I look worse. Like, I need to change something, because obviously what I'm doing is not right. And so during that time, I started watching more YouTube, because that's when YouTube started to get huge. And there was a lot of fitness influencers, and I learned that you need to fuel your body. You need to be eating food. You need to be eating the right foods and to be working out. And that is how you can live optimally and actually like find your true health. And so around halfway through junior year, senior year, that's when I really started to get into health and fitness. And my life just made a big turn. I felt so much better about myself. I had energy again and I was able to find who I was. And then at the end of senior year, I needed to figure out what I was doing with my life. And I really liked health and fitness. So I went to college for exercise science, got a degree in that, went on and got several training in nutrition certifications, ended up managing several gyms, and then won my pro card in bikini bodybuilding. And now I'm here with my own coaching service being interviewed by a large hairy man on a podcast. Yeah, I met you back in the early days. Yeah, it was like um, 2018. Yeah, maybe a little bit earlier. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know exactly when we met for sure. Numbers are hard, but I know it was right after I got done with college when I came back, and that's when I started, because we worked at the same gym together. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah, good old times. I was the worst employee ever. I still uh, joke with Rachel about that every now and then. But uh, so you, you kind of said that your life turned around once you started getting serious about health and fitness. So what kind of impact has this whole lifestyle had on your mental health? Oh, I mean, it's huge. When I was going through those bouts of under eating and binge eating, it fucks up your mind. Like that's where all eating disorders and really bad habits in general come from is from your mind. Even if it is a physical bad habit, your mind is telling you what to do. And that's the hard part because you can't tell someone, oh, go eat more or, oh, go eat less or go eat healthier because you got to fix your mindset first because that is what's messing you up. And going through that time, I was severely depressed. Like I was not happy with myself. And there was times where I just, I didn't even want to live anymore. And just one day I woke up and I'm just like, I'm doing this to myself, essentially. No one else is making me do this. I am choosing to do this. And this sucks ass. (laughs) And I don't want my life to suck ass anymore. So I need to change something. And it wasn't like a light switch that I just turned on and everything was better. Like it was still a journey where I had ups and downs. And there were days that I was doing really good And then I'd relapse and go back. But it's just about taking one step at a time and just trying to be better. And just consistently trying to be better is when you start having that trend of going uphill. 
Yeah, it's like we say a lot on this podcast is you got to build the discipline, you got to build the foundations oh, yeah. before you can really move on. And especially if you've built kind of an unhealthy lifestyle, like you got to tear it down to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's something that I know we, we say on repeat, and people are probably tired of hearing it by now, but it's, it's the truest thing out there is you, you can't, you know, keep living the same lifestyle and un- be unhappy. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you want to be happy, you got to do something different. You have to, because if you think about it, all of your old habits and what you did is what got you to where you were. And if you want to be somewhere else or to produce a different result, you need to do different habits. So trying to keep doing what you're doing but expect a different result, it's not going to work. I believe that is the exact definition of insanity. Yeah. Is to do something Mm -hmm. over and over expecting a different result. Oh, exactly. And it's... It's hard because it becomes a habit. Humans are a creature of habit, and it's what's safe. And we are programmed to stay safe because we think that's what is going to keep us alive. But what also is safe for us is what keeps us stagnant and in the same area. So as long as you're okay with being the same you, then that's awesome. Keep doing the same thing. But if you want to change and be someone better or do something more, you need to take action and do something else. Yeah, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I love what you said there, because being comfortable means you're going to be where you are. You're not going to move on being comfortable. You got to get uncomfortable. You got to get your hands dirty and you got to do something about your life if you want to be better and, oh, yeah. and implement any kind of change. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, Doing anything new is not going to be fun at first. It's going to be awkward. I remember working out for the first time. I felt so weird and I felt so out of place. But everyone starts there. And if someone is a good person and they have the right mindset, they can relate to you because everyone started in that position. And yeah, you might be doing stuff wrong in the gym, but you're eventually going to learn and that's how you get better. You've got to start somewhere. So uh, one question my sister asked was what a hurdle with like, you know, getting over that initial hurdle with weight loss, but I guess you didn't, you had the opposite. So what was your initial hurdle with like gaining weight and, and being able to eat more? Well, that was the funny thing because I was never like severely underweight and I wasn't necessarily like hugely overweight either. I looked like a normal person. Um, and that was the thing with the eating disorder. Cause I would go so on and off. I would, there was probably a period where I lost like 20 pounds, but I wasn't like, Oh my God, she's skin and bones. It was just, Oh, she's a thin kid. And then when I would gain that weight back, I wouldn't be like, Oh, she's overweight. She'd just be like, Oh, she's just a thicker person. And so no one knew what was going on. Like I was really the only one. And especially having those two sides of it really fucks you up mentally because when you're on a diet, you don't want to go back in that mindset of severely restricting yourself. But when you're trying to maintain or gain muscle, you don't want to eat too much because you feel like you're going to go in that binge again. So you're really trying to find that middle balance. And it was really tough at first, but Honestly, how I got over it was just continuously doing it and continuously failing. Because every time I failed, I at least learned something new. And that's 
a benefit of failing. A lot of people are afraid to fail, but you can't think about that. Everyone's going to fail eventually. As long as you can step back, evaluate what you did right, what you did wrong, and what you need to do next time, that's going to make you successful in the future. I'm, uh, I love that you touched on that because I was actually going to ask what role failure had within your life. And, you know, we were talking this morning, like failure has been something I've been very familiar with my entire life. And I would not be where I am without failure. And I think one thing that discourages a lot of people is when they do fail and they just quit. Whereas you got you to gotta get a better relationship with failing. Because if you never fail, then I don't think you're ever truly going to succeed uh, because failing is where you gain so much knowledge and wisdom and you really get that drive to keep going. You know, if you can fall down and get back up, I feel like that's, that makes a much better person than somebody who just has it easy. Oh, exactly. Because how are you supposed to know what's wrong unless you fail? Yeah, someone can tell you not to do something, but more than likely you're going to do it anyway. Because if you really want to, you're going to not care what other people think. And especially when it comes to health and fitness and everyone's journey being so different, it's hard to determine right off the bat what's going to work for you first. Because your diet is going to be completely different than my diet. Some people love to have more calories and they love to eat. And then some people hate eating and they like to have a lot less calories. So their diets, even though they might have the same goal, they're going to have to be different. And how you figure that out is trying something and seeing if it works. And that just goes how your body is too. People's bodies adapt to different plans and they go through different cycles. So you just got to find out what works. And like you said, it's all about failure and seeing what sticks and what doesn't. Yeah, yeah, everyone is, uh, we're all unique individuals. Everyone's going to respond differently to different kind of foods and diet plans. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you, you said people that hate eating, that is me. I don't like to eat, but I still have to shove 3,000 calories a day in my face. You're crazy. And that's in a cut. Like, my maintenance is 3,600 calories, which is stupid. Isn't that insane? 3,600 calories. But that's just how you are. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could lose all the muscle and not live this lifestyle and mm -hmm. have to eat a lot less, but that's just not who I am. Yeah. I mean, that's the crazy thing. I mean, my maintenance, I'm high for a female. My maintenance is probably 2,300. So it's over 2,000 calories, but like, hell, if you let me eat, I could easily eat 3,000 <laughs> calories. <laughs> like, I mean, give me it, a tub of ice cream and that shit's down. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's, it's really easy to get all your calories from really shitty food, mm -hmm. but then that also is going to mess up your gut health and your metabolism. And Yeah, and the funny thing about that is, is the reason why it's a lot easier to eat those types of calories, really two reasons. One, they taste a lot better, so you're going to be so much more likely to eat more of it. And two, they typically have a lot more fat. And fat has a lot more calories per gram. So if I have one gram of fat, that's nine calories. Versus if I have one gram of protein, that's only four calories. And fat is usually a lot smaller and denser of a food. So if you think about like a tablespoon of oil... That's over 100 calories, and that's a freaking tablespoon. If you have a tablespoon of 
steak, that's nothing. So if you go out to eat at a fast food place or hell, even restaurants, and the amount of butter and oil they put on it, that's quick calories to add up. Yeah, because I don't think people really think about it, but food is a drug in a mm -hmm. sense, you know, especially when they do it like that. And then, you know, for example, Doritos, like it's literally they have scientists go through and make, you know, like, okay, well, how can we make this more palatable so people eat more and want more and crave it more? And so it's playing with all the uh, chemicals in your brain mm -hmm. to, you know, what can we do to make people keep coming back and eating our food more and more, which in turn is why as a society we're obese. It's crazy. Conspiracy theory. The government's trying to make us fat so we don't go anywhere. The birds aren't really here to hear. <laughs> <laughs> this is all a simulation. Wake up. <laughs> Wake up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, so one thing I talk a shit ton about is discipline and how important that is so what kind of role does discipline play in your life as a professional uh, bodybuilder oh man you have to have discipline and just shut out the noise from everyone else because this is such an amplified version of dieting i do so much more than like a regular person would have to do just because i I'm not going to just look good because I could stop dining right now and I could just walk on the beach and I look great for an average person. Not trying to toot my own horn, but like for an average person, whatever. But if I were to step on stage right now, I would place last. I would not look good. And that's crazy that you have to be that extreme and you have to be literally the best of the best. So you can't just do normal things. You need to be so precise and so consistent. Um, going out to restaurants, I cannot tell you how many times I've had to sneak in food places and I had to bring my own food. I have gone to bars and I have snuck in containers of food. I went to SeaWorld a couple weeks ago and I snuck in food. Like, you just have to be so dedicated to your goal and know what is right and just put blinders on because people that aren't in the same realm as you are going to look at it and be like, okay, come on. Like you can have a cheat meal. You can have a Snickers bar. Like I know you want it, but you can't. Yeah. Like, what's, what's one, what's one burger with the guys, you know, what's one beer, what's mm -hmm. one whiskey, you know, and it's having that, that sense of like, no, this is what I'm doing. And if you can't get on that path with me, then fuck off. Oh, yeah. Because if you think about it, to lose weight, let's say I'm in a 500-calorie deficit. If I go out and have one cheat meal, that is easily those extra 500 calories. So I just didn't mess up my progress for that one day. I messed up my progress for the whole week. So if you keep doing that, that is why people don't see results on a diet, because they are not consistent enough. That one mess up can easily reset you. Yeah, and I think I touched on this at some point too, but it's not a day-to-day -day basis. And it's the same thing I tell people, like, don't track your weight day-to-day -day if you're trying to lose weight. Track more week-to-week -week or month-to-month. -month. And if you think about your diet the same way, you know, it's week to week if you have all those calories. And so if you are really good and consistent Monday through Friday, but then you go off the fucking rails on the weekend, you mm -hmm. go out drinking, you go out partying, you're doing drugs, you're eating whatever you want to. 
like at the end of the week, you've blown way over your budget. Yeah, the weekend is the most common time that people mess up. Um, and there's ways that you can change your diet to compensate for that. If you know that you were the type of person that likes to eat more on the weekend or really struggle on the weekend, then have slightly less calories during the week and then allow yourself some extra calories during the weekend. Not saying to go crazy and not saying to go off track on the weekends, but just have that little extra. So maybe you are able to have a little bit of a bigger meal at night. But if you look from the week view, you're still having the same amount of calories. So you still will be losing the same amount of weight. Um, like personally for myself and being in prep, I'm like eight weeks deep. I have like, so we're like 15 more weeks. Like I still got a ways to go. But I'll take my weight every single day. But then at the end of the week, I will look at all of my weights and then evaluate the trend. Am I slowly going down? Am I slowly going up? Were there days that I was raised up? And I can look from that whole week view. So like a couple of weeks ago, um, I weighed in on Monday and I was, let's just say, 147. And then there were a couple days that I would shoot up to 148, 149. If I would look at those days and be like, oh my God, I'm going up in weight. I need to do something. And I would cut my calories down those days. I would have messed up my diet and I would have messed up my progress. But instead I was like, okay, this is what's happening. I'm just going to still keep sticking to my plan for this week. And then lo and behold, the next couple of days after that, I went back down and I ended up dropping like two pounds past my last week's lowest weight but I changed nothing. I just stuck with it. And that's because your body is naturally going to fluctuate up and down. It's going to depend on, did you go to the bathroom in the morning? Are you inflamed from your workouts? Did you drink enough water? Are you on your period? Like just little things like that will fluctuate your weight up and down. So you need to really look at it from a week perspective and just roll out that whole week before you go changing stuff and like freaking out. Yeah, because I know me personally, like throughout the week, I can fluctuate anywhere between five, six pounds easily, mm -hmm. just depending on, like you said, uh, you know, am I hydrated? Have I drank too much water? Did I have more sodium in a day? So I'm retaining a lot more water or, you know, am I just really dehydrated? So I'm weighing less, you know, don't pay attention to your weight day to day, especially if you're trying to lose weight because that can be really discouraging. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just tons of factors. So on the weekends, people go out, they, you know, party, have a big social life. How do you, you know, balance that kind of having a social life and staying disciplined with what you do? <laughs> do you want me to be honest? You don't have a social life. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, how do I put this? Um, I dabble in other things. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's zero calorie, but you still have fun. Um, I mean, it's legal with where I'm at. It's Delta 8, so it's not like, you know, anything bad. But honestly, I prefer that because drinking is a lot of calories and it adds up super quick. And it's so bad for your body. Besides the calorie thing, like let's just take that out of the equation. Alcohol, 
stresses out your body. So your cortisol levels are going to be elevated, which is going to lead to more likely causes of having bad sleep. It's going to be more likely to have you gain weight. You're going to be more bloated. Um, and it also shuts off your protein absorption for, I think it was like 24 hours after you have it. So it really messes up your body in several ways. Um, and it really just messes up your next day too, because you wake up, you feel hungover, you feel like shit. So just by choosing not to drink alcohol, doesn't mean I never have it. I just choose not to have it very often, but not at all if I'm on prep. Um, and just dabble in other things and really just learn to not be there necessarily for like the food and the drinks, but be there for the social experience and just being able to actually connect with people because that's why you're there. If you wanted to really drink, you could easily just drink by yourself, but you're not, you want to be with your friends. So connect Are you trying to tell me that it's important to enjoy uh, what you're doing and not just go out to get fucked up? I am. That's I am. crazy. I know. You actually can enjoy your life. Sounds weird, doesn't it? It does. And that's something that I do. Like, you know, I'll go to like a, a concert or something and I'll see so many people that are, their faces are buried in their phones, taking videos mm -hmm. and Snapchats and sending them all over the place. And I'm like, I don't have any pictures or videos of me at any events I have ever gone to. Cause like I'm, I'm there in the moment. I'm trying to live this experience. Yeah. Once you can actually figure out the real meaning in life, <laughs> you can just open up your eyes. Like, Food, drinks, all of that, yeah, that's fun, but this might be me just taking this to like such an extreme level and just like such flat emotions, but like food is literally just fuel. Like that is yeah. the reason why it exists in our life. Yeah, you can have fun with it, but if you overdo yourself in anything, it's not good. And food and alcohol is a perfect example of that. So just kind of being able to disconnect yourself from that, it helps out. Yeah, well, like, you know, for example, myself, especially growing up, I used food as a conduit to kind of hide my emotions behind it. I was a very mm -hmm. emotional eater. So when I get stressed out, things were going good. I was, you know, depression was kicking in. I would eat and I would eat and I would eat and I'd find foods because those really highly palatable foods are going to release all the dopamine, serotonin, whatever mm -hmm. those happy drugs are in your brain. And it's going to make you feel a lot better. And it wasn't until exactly, you know, same way I, I took more of a cold stance towards food. Like I don't really enjoy eating anymore. And that might be kind of just that negative connotation I have with it from gaining so much weight. But at the same time, it's more of just a, this is just a fuel to get me to where I need to be and to lose weight and to gain exactly. muscle, get strong. And same way with alcohol and everything else, like food isn't, a, it's, it's a, it shouldn't be something people use every day to feel good. You know, if you're using food to feel good and without food, you don't feel good. You, you need to evaluate your life and find where your imbalances lie because there's mm -hmm. something somewhere that's not clicking. You have other things deeply rooted in what's wrong. If you are depending on food to fuel your happiness. What kind of relationship does proper nutrition and, you know, low levels of depression and anxiety have in your life? Because for me, for example, it wasn't until I really got my nutrition on, on point and being hydrated, getting all my nutrients, minerals, vitamins, that my depression and anxiety kind of disappeared. Mm -hmm. Would you have kind of a similar effect? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's like a really 
science way to think about it where like if you actually get in the right minerals and stuff your body can actually function right and that's why logistically that's why your mental health gets better but not thinking so deep into it you just feel more accomplished about yourself because if I can go a whole day with eating right and feeling better I'm like okay I actually am taking a step towards my goal. I actually did something right today. And it's just like those small little steps that keep you going. Um, Because I know that if I eat bad, I'm going to sit there and think about it for a long time. And that's just me probably being like slightly mentally (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) But like if I go off and I cheat on my diet, I'm going to feel so shitty about it. And because I'm thinking about it so much, I'm going to trick myself into, like, physically not feeling well. Um, I mean, there's even been times where, like, I stick to my diet and I need, like, a refeed meal. So it's, like, part of my diet to actually go off and eat something off plan, but I will still feel guilty about it. Um, And I would much rather just keep going with my plan. And it's just... Once you feel good, you want to keep doing it. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that because, you know, if I go out to eat with a friend and have a burger, which I still do fairly often because, in my opinion, it's important to, Mm -hmm. especially just to catch up with people because I'm kind of an absent friend in a sense, whereas, like, uh, I'll go a couple months out talking to somebody and then, you know... I'll just hit him up out of the blue because I'm thinking about him and be I'm like, the hey, same way. hey let's, let's, go get, let's go get dinner. Let's go get lunch today. And so I'll use those, you know, that cheat meal in a sense as more of a reconnect with a friend. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm right there with you because like you got to, if you're in a deficit for so long, your metabolism will eventually catch up to that. So you need to boost that back up so your metabolism doesn't slow down. Exactly. You need those refeed meals to get your metabolism going again. And that's the crazy thing why people like end up just ruining their metabolisms over time is because they think that they need to just keep dieting and dieting and keep digging themselves lower and lower and lower. But eventually you're going to hit that bottom. And if you don't refeed that metabolism, you're just digging yourself into a hole. Now, does that mean you go out and you do that every week? No, there's like certain times in the diet where it's necessary, um, especially to take just a diet or a break from dieting and go into a reverse diet. Um, but I mean, even from like the mental sake, you need it. Because if you're always so strict on yourself where you're like, I can't have this, and you just totally eliminate it from your diet, you're starting to create unhealthy habits again. You're taking that too restrictive side of it. So like in my diet, and even with me being on prep, I have ice cream every night. And I have a protein bar every day that I absolutely love. Um, I posted a lot on my social media, but like protein bars that taste like cinnamon rolls, protein bars that taste like uh, Pop-Tarts. There's protein bars that taste like a candy bar. Like there are ways you can still have fun in your diet and still be technically dieting. Yeah, that's one thing that's nice about living today is, is you know, like uh, like Halo Top ice cream, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, please sponsor the podcast. Um, oh my god, there, that nice uh, semi tubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are, you know, so many products out there that are, you know, quote unquote healthy. I mean, I still like to try and get as much as I can from food that I make. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you're eating nothing but Halo Top ice cream all day, every day, you're still not doing good. Yeah. But 
So that kind of brings me to the next question, which you kind of, I guess, already have answered is how do you stay mentally strong during your heavy cuts? Like say, you know, you're, you're a couple weeks out from a show, like what do you do to stay mentally strong? Cause that's going to correlate a lot to, you know, the average person that's trying to stay strict on their diet throughout the week or the weekend, especially. I have a very competitive mindset with myself. I want to be the best. I don't want to be an average person. I don't want to just go through life getting by. I want to be my absolute freaking best. And I know, so I think of goals this way. Anytime you have a goal, there are steps that you can take to get to that goal. And so it's all about just starting those steps. You might not know all of those steps in the beginning, but you just need to freaking start. And I don't ever want to fail and feel like I am not reaching my full potential. So when I'm doing cardio or when I'm working out or when I really want a freaking Reese's and I can't have it, I just sit there and keep telling myself that this is for a good cause, that I want to be the best that I can be. And the biggest thing is that this is temporary. I cannot stress that enough. When you are on a diet, you need to remind yourself that this is temporary. This is not something you're doing for the rest of your life. Are you going to have to be eating low calories and doing high amounts of cardio for the next 60 years? No. This is something that's lasting, for myself, 20 weeks. This might be lasting you 10 weeks or whatever it is. So just knowing that you can get over this quick and the and if you do this right the faster it's going to be done because if i break my diet that's just going to extend that goal out longer versus if i just buckle down and suck it the fuck up and get it done it's going to last that 20 weeks that i originally said i love that and One thing we had talked about this morning is something that I said and I've said before is like, you know, you didn't put on all this weight overnight. It it took you years to build it. Mm -hmm. And so I don't understand why the fuck people expect it's going to disappear overnight either. And, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, coaching and people just wanting that instant gratification of like, you know, wanting to just go on this extreme diet, lose all the weight right now. Mm -hmm. And how fucking bullshit is that? It's such a scam. And that's why I am so annoyed with a lot of those programs that are out there for people. Like, it's a huge, huge red flag if a coach is selling a weight loss program. So, like, meaning nutrition involved with it as well. And the reason is because everyone's nutrition is going to be so different. So to have one person lose weight is going to be completely different than the next person to lose weight. So if they just give you a one-size-fits-all plan, you don't even know if it's going to work for you. What was your question? Oh, (laughs) shit. What what was my question? Um, I don't don't know if you're thinking really ask questions. It's just kind of like how how bullshit that whole instant gratification mindset is. Yeah. And so with going along with that, you need to set yourself up for success. 
you need to make sure that you have that foundation built first because losing weight does take a lot of parts into one. It's a big, you know, big machine that's going on. So you need to make sure that you can get to the gym consistently. You need to make sure that you are eating several meals throughout the day. You need to make sure that your hormones are balanced, that you are getting in enough protein, that you're getting in enough water, so on and so on. Because if you don't have those foundations set, when you go on a diet, you start to get more specific and more picky about those foundations. And if those foundations don't even exist, it's like you're just setting yourself up for failure at that point. Yeah, and I love that you keep saying foundations because I say that all the fucking time. And it is, you know, again, extremely important to build the structure or on a solid foundation because if, if you build a house on a, you know, shaky foundation, it's going to fall down mm-hmm. after a couple of years, which is kind of, you know, it is so important to build the lifestyle uh, more so than it is just to follow a diet because you can follow a diet really strictly and really well for a few months, lose weight and do really good, go right back to your old lifestyle and you're going to go mm-hmm. right back. Exactly. And that's why you just need to figure out a plan that works for you. Everyone's going to have a different job. Their day-to-day life is going to be different. So you need to be able to just kind of tweak your plan to fit in with what you're able to do. Some people are extremely busy and they need quick workouts that are going to be effective. So let's say you are a super busy person. Maybe you need to be more focused on nutrition then, just because you know you're going to be limited in the gym. Maybe you're a super flexible stay-at-home mom, so we can make your plan as fun as possible because you got endless opportunities. I mean, you just need to put it in with your situation. And that really comes down to stop comparing yourself to other people. There's so many things on social media that everyone's like, oh, this, I lost weight. This is what I did for my plan. That's great. It can give you inspiration or motivation, but that doesn't mean to go do their plan because that isn't going to necessarily work for you. Yeah. And inspiration and motivation, in my opinion, are fucking bullshit. And I don't think people should rely on them. Because inspiration and motivation only last so long, Mm -hmm. but dedication is going to take you a whole lot farther. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's days that I really don't fucking want to do cardio. There were points in my prep last year that I wanted to sit there and cry on the Stairmaster because I did not want to be at the gym. But guess what? I sucked it up and I did it anyway. And then I cried. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just... It's one of those things where everyone's like, oh, I need motivation to work out or I went through a slump, but I'm motivated to do it again. And I'm like, okay, what makes you think that you're not going to lose that motivation again? What is making it different this time that you will actually stick with it? And that just kind of goes back to that mindset of just like cutting out your emotions and just to a point going through the motions and your brain's going to tell you a lot of things. It's going to want to cheat on your diet, to skip a workout, to do whatever. But you need to just buckle down and get your shit done. Because if you think about it, at the gym should take up maybe an hour. If you're doing cardio with it, maybe an hour and a half of your day. 
that's still a lot of your day left. To eat a meal is what? 10, 15 minutes? You just need to suck it up and get it done because you can sit there and bitch and cry and moan about it, but guess what? It's not gonna change your result. You know what you need to do. The average person knows what's healthy and knows what's not healthy. It just comes down that they choose to do the unhealthy version. It's like, yeah, like, it's like something I said, I believe in maybe episode three, how I began it out is, you know, everyone that lives this super healthy and dedicated lifestyle that, you know, like you do and like I do and, and the, you know, the rest of us do is we don't feel like sticking to the diets or we don't feel like going to the gym and getting the, getting, what you know, our workouts in. We don't feel like doing the cardio. We don't feel like staying dedicated to all this. But at the end of the day, you need to fuck your feelings and get your shit done. Yeah. Like we all know what we need to do. So just fucking do it. Well, you know, it's an extra hour at the end of your day, hour and a half, for, you know, if you're really into it, you know, you don't even need to go that long. You can, you know, get off work, go to the gym for 20 to 30 minutes a day, oh, every yeah. day, just get off your fucking ass and move is mm-hmm. really what the most important thing is. Short workouts are better than nothing. And once you can actually start seeing results and you get to feel the effects of staying consistent and working out and eating healthy, that's when it really becomes addictive. Because this isn't something that only happens in that hour that you're at the gym. This is something that carries on with the rest of your life. Because if you think about where I started, I had low self-confidence, I was depressed, I did not like how I looked. That affected every single moment of my day. But when I started to fuel my body right, and I started to work out, and I started to see results, I got more confident. And that affected my whole entire day. And so that goes and that affects how I perform at my job. I'm able to talk to people better. I'm able to go to the beach and feel fucking confident in myself. I can go out to a bar and feel like I'm the hottest bitch in this room. Like it helps you in so many other aspects of your life. You might not feel it right away, but if you do it consistently enough, it can change all other avenues in your life. Yeah, you have two options in life. You can go through life feeling like shit, eating like shit, you know, just going out on the weekends, getting drunk and partying, having no confidence, really mm-hmm. self-conscious, you know, hate the way you look, wear big baggy clothes so no one knows that you're fat. Like, you can, you can do that. Or you can nut up and get your shit done, mm-hmm. eat right, stop eating the shitty food, you know, cut out the drinking a little bit, you know, and just do what needs done. And you can be confident, you can be happy, you can feel so much better. And this is something that I've done personally, because throughout my whole life growing up, you know, I was very self-conscious, I was fat, I, you know, I wasn't happy, I was really depressed, and I hated everything about my day, my, you know, day to day. I woke up every single morning wishing I hadn't. And that is a shitty way to go through life. And it breaks my heart to know that so many people go to this day are comfortable living that, waking up every morning wishing they were dead. And it, it breaks my heart, again, just because it's so easy to people change it. People think it's normal. Yeah, and that, that's a stupid thing about today's society. But what people don't realize is to not, you know, to change that is so fucking easy. You know, because just a little bit of dedication and discipline and building the foundations of, you know, proper nutrition. And like I said, I'm still not, you know, 100% 
dedicated as you would be, you know, like I'll still go out and have a little shitty food here and there just to, you know, get by. But it's so easy to just wake up and be happy and love your life just by changing those few little aspects. Oh, yeah. And think about all the results you've already seen. You've lost a huge amount of weight. 80 pounds this year. That's insane. And you still go out and you still have those meals and you still have fun and you still have drinks every once in a while. So that's the thing. It's not like we're asking you or anyone to just do a complete 180 and just cut out all bad food, cut out all drinks. It's just changing like 80% of your meals. When you're in your first diet, and there will be times where you need to buckle down and be super strict. But like I said before, it's temporary. So it's not like you're changing everything. It's just changing a couple of your habits. And you can still see big success. You don't need to be a huge bodybuilder. You don't need to be this insanely ripped person. To be just an average, healthy person honestly isn't that hard. Yeah, and just for the average person who's trying to live a healthy lifestyle, like, you know, you don't need to go to the gym seven days a week. Mm-mm. Go two or three times a week, you know, go walk on the treadmill for 10 minutes, do a little bit of weight training, and get out of there in 30 minutes or less. You know, just little bits here and there. You know, instead of coming home at the end of the day and drinking some beer or having a bottle of wine, you know, drink a glass of water, have mm-hmm. chicken and some vegetables and some potatoes. And learn how to cook is a really important thing. But it's so easy to change those little things and it'll turn your entire life around. Oh, yeah. Fun fact. um, They say for general health, they recommend to work out three times a week. Yeah. So in the beginning, and this is a big thing of actually like setting yourself up for success, is don't try to change everything all at once in the beginning. Start small. And starting small is when you're just starting to build that foundation. So maybe keep eating how you're eating, but just get in the habit of going to the gym three times a week. And then once you do that consistently, be like, okay, maybe I'm going to start trying to add more vegetables in my meals. Once you start doing that, maybe you're going to be a little bit more conscious of cutting out you know, processed foods in your diet. And it's just those little small steps that will eventually build up and up and up to that big goal. Yeah, one thing that I'm constantly telling myself, one of my favorite mottos is, is just it's one step at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't win a race in one step. You, you have to take every fucking step to get to that finish line. Exactly. And there, there's, no, there's no cheat codes. There's no secrets. There's, you know, no shortcuts to it. You got to take every step. And so the best advice I can give anyone ever is just put your head down and take the next step. You know, no matter what it might be, there might be setbacks. You might fall Mm -hmm. behind a little bit, but just keep moving forward. Exactly. Just one step at a time. Don't be afraid of failure and don't overcomplicate things. Eating healthy and exercising does not have to be that hard and that crazy. Just a lot of people like to make it look that way because that's catchy. And that's how coaches will get people's attention and get them to spend lots of money on fad programs. But I could go on and on about that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree with that. It's not complicated. It shouldn't be complicated. It shouldn't be hard and Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be frustrating. Now, when you get into the levels of competing, obviously, you, you get into more an unhealthy extreme of being healthy. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's the funny thing with competing is it's really taking it to the extreme. Um, so when you compete, we're peaking. We're going to get a physique that is not maintainable. And that's the crazy thing. Cause the regular person that goes on a diet, they are trying to get to a point to a body that they want to maintain as a bodybuilder. We're trying to get to a physique that we're not going to maintain. We are peaking for one specific day and then we're reversing out of it because stepping on stage, you can be easily 10% or less for body fat for a female. And that is not a healthy weight. If you would stay at 10% or below, your hormones are going to be fucked up. You're going to have a lot of issues. But we're just getting to that point and then going back up or doing whatever. So you have to do everything religiously. If you skip a cardio session, if you mess up on your meal, that is going to change everything. Because you're completely revealing the curtain. You're taking all of the body fat off of you and showing what you are truly made of. There is nothing to hide behind. Um, but I mean, that's why I love it because it's such an extreme sport that not a lot of people want to do. And I feel like you just feel like a total badass doing it. And I just fucking love training and I love eating. So those two mixed together, that's bodybuilding. (laughs) So at what point did you know you wanted to compete? That's a good question. I just don't know how I got into it. It was probably... I think, have you ever heard of Christian Guzman and like uh, Alpha yeah, Elite and yeah, stuff? Yeah. So I followed him, I think like when he opened up his first gym, like I have been watching him for the longest time. And so he started doing bodybuilding competitions. And at the time, his girlfriend also did that. And I thought that seemed really cool because I was like, they look fucking good. They look ripped. And I'm like, that's the body that I want to have. And naturally, I'm a more muscular person. I gain muscle fairly easy. So I have the body type to do it. And I just find it so fascinating because in the bodybuilding realm, you really got to know your shit. You got to know how the body works. You got to know how nutrition and how exercise affects you and how it builds what you want to build. It's so specific. And just me being like a science nerd, I love that stuff. And so it was just a mixture of hard work and my passion and then the science and just the information behind it. And then also being able to look just amazing. Yeah. So what what would be more important to you? Um, I'm kind of giving advice to people and I have talked about this before, but would you rather achieve a goal or fall in love with the process? Falling in love with the process is what's going to get you to your goal. Because if you don't love the process, you might still get to that goal, but you're not going to be able to maintain that goal. Because if you want to maintain that goal, you're going to have to maintain that process that you did to get there. And weight loss is a perfect example of that. You have to eat right. You got to exercise. And if you can't keep that up, you're just going to gain that weight right back. 
I love that. So what, what have some of your biggest failures and setbacks been, you know, whether it be competing or just your fitness and health goals in general? Well, for the fitness wise, uh, first, I will say if you are looking to compete, you are never as lean as you actually think you are. When I first competed, I lost 15 pounds. And that was the first time I ever had to lose weight. And I was like, oh my God, I just lost 15 pounds. I was seeing like lines on my body I haven't had. I felt so good about myself. I got there and I was not lean enough at all. And I mean, I still placed third, but like looking back, I was not good. And so the second year came around, which it was um, this previous competition season. And I lost an additional uh, 15 pounds on top of that. So from my like starting weight, I lost 30 pounds total. And guess what? I was still not lean enough. I still had weight to lose. I looked a hell of a lot better than I did the first time. And this was the time that I ended up winning my pro card. But I was still not lean enough. So that just goes to show that like you have to get so so specific with bodybuilding and so the really moral of that story is you need to like kick your ego out of the door you might think that you're the best you might think that you look good or whatever but you're gonna view yourself differently than like other people do and bodybuilding is such kind of like a fucked up mindset because you're literally going on stage to have someone nitpick your body And so you kind of like need to disassociate your emotional part with that. Because if someone would come up to you on the street and they'd be like, yeah, you need to lose like 10 more pounds. The majority of people would be like, oh my God, what a fucking dick. You just said I need to lose 10 pounds. But if you're on stage and someone's like, yeah, you need to come in a little bit leaner. You just need to be like, okay, I'm going to come in leaner. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I went up to the judges after that show, even though I won first place, even though I won my pro card, I went up there and I said, what do I need to do to get better? Because I know I have room for improvement. And they're like, okay, come in leaner, grow your lats, grow your glutes. And I said, okay. And that is what I've been working on this year. And I'm super excited to lean down and step on stage again, because I know I have put in the fucking work to get that done. So what, what are you doing differently this season than you did last season? So my training program is probably what changed the most. Nutrition's pretty much the same. I just needed to diet for a little bit longer, that's all. Um, so before, I worked at a group fitness gym. And so we did a couple days of hit cardio, and then we would do a couple days of weightlifting. And since I was a coach there and I managed that gym and I was friends with a lot of the clients there, I just kind of worked out there. It's a free gym membership too. So I was kind of roped into doing that workout. And it wasn't specifically the workout I really needed. I still technically hit the body parts I needed to, and I still technically got my cardio in. It just wasn't specifically what I needed. So because I needed to grow my lats and I needed to grow my glutes, I ended up hitting those muscle groups twice a week. So I go legs, back, shoulders, 
legs back. Um, and I cut out movements that I did not need for my body. I love to do cleans. I love to do snatches. I love to go fucking balls to the wall when I work out. But that's not what I need to have my body look that way. Because if you look at CrossFitters, they have a very bulky core. They have big traps. They do not look like a bikini bodybuilder. And if I would keep doing cleans and snatches and CrossFit movements, I'm not going to build my body how I need to look. So it's one of those things where I just need to just say, okay, even though I love those movements, it's not aligned with my goals right now. And I need to do the movements that I need to do. So one of my favorite words that I, you know, use to myself and just as a kind of habit of my life is sacrifice. There's a lot of things that I've had to sacrifice personally to kind of uh, make this lifestyle that I'm living achievable and uh, obtainable. So what kind of things have you had to sacrifice to be where you're at at the extreme that you're at? Yeah. So having, besides like having to sacrifice certain types of workouts and certain movements, just having to sacrifice my old bad habits. So I wasn't like a huge social party person before this. I'm a very like introvert person, but I needed to cut out all the bad things in my life. So people that were negative, people that were influencing bad habits, um, and just doing what was right for myself. And that can be the hardest part because when you're younger, the people that you mesh with might not be the same people that you mesh with when you get older. People grow, people develop, people go down a different life path. And I feel like especially this year, that was a huge thing in my life from moving down to Florida to a completely different state from essentially starting my own business, doing my own things, is just doing what is right for you. Of course, still take other people in consideration, still be a kind person, still be like a positive energy, but you need to live your life for yourself. And that does take some sacrifices, but ultimately that is what's going to get you to your goal. And that's like the point of living is to achieve your dreams, achieve your goals. If you don't have any dreams and if you don't have any goals, literally what's the point of living? I know that sounds so dark and depressive, but you, it's so important to have those dreams. That's what drives you to be better. That's what makes you want to wake up and be happy to live in the morning. Like you got to have some type of thing to go for. Yeah. One thing that pisses me the fuck off down at the cores and people tell me, Oh, that's, that's not realistic. So, so how important is having those, you know, those big dreams and big goals? Because one thing I have written down on my little notepad here is without impossible goals, you cannot achieve impossible results. So how important is that for you? My question is, what is possible and what's impossible? Exactly. How do you know something's impossible? I, yeah, no, I like that because, you know, obviously I'm not going to grow wings and fly. That's, that's kind yeah, of yeah. an unrealistic goal right there. But in terms of, cause like I plan to try and compete in a bodybuilding show within the next year or two. And to a lot of people, especially coming from the place I was at 340 pounds plus probably, 
you know, people are like, oh, that's not realistic. That's un- unachievable. But like, that's such a big goal and mm-hmm. such a big dream of mine to get to a point where I could step on a stage and, and be in that kind of level. And so you don't know what's impossible until you fucking try. Exactly. Exactly. And you need to have a big goal. But you also need to have those small goals. And those small goals are essentially the steps to get to that big goal. So, like, one of my big goals is to be on the Olympia stage. To be on the Olympia stage, I know I have to get my pro card in the IFBB league. To get my pro card in the IFBB league, I'm going to have to compete in nationals. To compete in nationals, I got to win a regional show. To win a regional show, I got to fucking prep. So I'm right now in that first phase. So I'm just in that first step to reach that first goal, which is to have a successful prep. And being able to complete all those small goals is what is going to be able to have you achieve that big goal. Is that big goal impossible? I don't know. Maybe I'll never get there, but I'm going to try my fucking hardest. Yeah, you never know unless you try. Exactly. And And you can shock yourself. Think about where you were like two years ago. I don't want to. Do you think that you would be where you are now? No. Yeah. Not at all. And and that, you know, brings me kind of full circle back to uh, the one step at a time kind of thing. You know, same thing with all these these little goals or little milestones is... You know, you got to put your head down and focus on them because for you, I think if you were to wake up every day and think about how you're going to get to the Olympia stage, that'd be extremely overwhelming mm-hmm. and, and kind of just a, it, it seems impossible when you look at it, but when you start to break it down and look at all the small steps, it's like, oh, this is really easy. Oh, exactly. You got to have that mindset. Um, and just thinking of like what's impossible and impossible is this year of what has happened in my life. I would have never have thought that this would have been possible. Even like if you would have asked me eight months ago, I would have never have thought this would have happened. So I was living in Iowa, grew up in the smallest town ever. My graduating class was 36 people. And one of them was my cousin. (laughs) And no one even, like, was in the fitness realm where I lived. And I became, you know, the coach, and I was working at a gym, and I just thought that that was just, like, the normal thing to do. I thought that's what I was honestly going to do for the rest of my life, was just keep working at a gym, being a coach, and just keep living in Iowa. And then out of the blue, we had an opportunity to move down to Florida, And then that was a perfect opportunity for myself to start my own coaching business. And then I ended up just winning my pro card that same year. And things just fall into place. And the reason why things fall into place is because I kept taking that one step. If I wouldn't keep taking that one step, it would have never have happened. So just keep dreaming big. Keep trying to move forward. Even if you don't have a clear path or that class path seems fuzzy just keep walking through it and something's gonna happen oh yeah so what would some advice that you have like the best piece of advice that you could give to somebody that's just starting out in this lifestyle 
Like the health and fitness realm? Yeah. Like they're just, just starting at the gym, just starting to figure out how nutrition works. You know, they're just taking their steps, first steps into living this healthy life. Just take your first step and don't try to be perfect. You will fail, but everyone does. No, everyone who is huge in fitness or everyone that has the goal that you want started with their first step. If you never take that first step, you are never going to get there. And just being able to do those small steps is going to not feel overwhelming. It's going to make things a little bit easier. And don't put pressure on yourself to get it done in like a certain time frame, especially when you're first starting out. For some people, setting up the foundations might be super quick. For some people, it might take a long time. You've got a whole life to live. As long as you're trying your best and you have good intentions, take that first step. Just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. So let's get into a little, little bit more fun uh, conversation. Not that this isn't fun. I love this motivational shit. But what's some of your biggest pet peeves in the gym? Oh, my God. Don't get me started. I have so many. I hate when people make unnecessary noises to think that it makes them lift more. If I have my headphones in and I think like gorillas are having sex in the background and I have to turn around and see what the hell's going on, that's an issue, okay? Not just it being distracting, it's uncomfortable for people. You look weird as fuck and it doesn't help you lift anymore. Like I'm not saying you gotta be a mute and like not make any noise, that's fine. But I'm saying you shouldn't be making it so loud that I can hear it over my headphones that are blaring in my ear. Same thing with just like staring at people. I think that's just rude. Like you can look like whatever. But if you're like blatantly staring, especially if it's like a judgy stare, yeah. I hate that. Like I don't care if someone is doing a movement completely wrong. Do not make them feel uncomfortable. Don't stare at them. Like everyone learns their own way everyone's there to better themselves let them do their thing and that kind of goes on to a third thing of unsolicited advice i fucking hate unsolicited advice i know a lot of shit but i will never give advice to anyone unless they ask for it unless they're like about to hurt themselves then i will but like that's rare yeah, I agree with that last one because I, I know a bunch of random stupid bullshit, but like, I'm not going to go up to anybody and be like, you know, if you do this like this, you're going to hit this a lot better. Like, no, you sound like an asshole. Like, even if you're, exactly. even if, if you come from like a genuine place, like, just don't, you know, and like you said, unless people are like, like, there's been a couple of times where somebody was benching and just what they were doing, like, they were going to murder themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, you might want to do this instead so you don't, you know, break your wrists and snap your neck. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's funny because most of the time the people that give unsolicited advice are the people that don't know shit and they yeah. give you wrong advice. There's been, so like no one ever gives like advice to me because I have like a resting bitch face in the gym. I look intense. But it's funny because some people will try to like give unsolicited advice to my husband and there was one time this guy was giving advice about how to squat to him. 
and I'm just sitting there listening to it and then I go over there and I see him trying to like take his advice and I'm like how does that feel and he's like um it hurts a lot more and I'm like yeah because he told you wrong (laughs) it's just and that goes into like the whole ego thing like when people give unsolicited advice a lot of the time because they're trying to boost up themselves yeah, it's like at my old gym, there is some a uh, piece of Nautilus equipment. It's like a unilateral lat pull down type mm-hmm. thing. And this guy come up to me, and like I already everything I watch him work out, and everything he does is stupid. And he's the kind of guy that like does a set here, then goes over here, and does a set here, and goes oh over here, and does a set here. They take Not up the whole he, fucking gym. Yes, and like you know, I'll, there's some many times I took equipment from him because I'm like, I don't fucking care. You're not over here. But so I was doing this, and I'm just doing one arm at a time, really focusing on my last. He comes over. He's like, you know, if you like grab the other side and like you do like a crunch and then twist your entire body while you're doing this, and like you know, it feels really good. I'm like, I'm not gonna fucking do that. Like this is coming from the guy that also goes on like an ab crunch machine, and he'll face it and like just flick it down with his wrists. And he's like, this is a really good forearm workout. I'm like, you are a fucking dipshit. Like. I'm all fine with people doing supersets. Like, I think that's effective. But you need to program it in where you're not taking up five different pieces of equipment. Well, there's a difference between doing a superset and being a dick. Yeah, because if you're taking up five different pieces of equipment, it's not effective. And more than likely, they probably shouldn't be supersetted together. Like, if they're that far apart of the gym, usually for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. Because I don't think a superset should be more than two movements. Sometimes I mean, yeah. maybe three if you're, you know, a crossfitter or something. Exactly. To a certain extent, it gets into, like, a hit cardio thing. But, like, I don't know. Some, I mean, people are just trying their best. Like, I get it. They just don't know what to do. But, yeah, some things you just watch and you just kind of scratch your head and you're like, hmm. Just <laughs> leave your ego at home. You don't know shit. Yeah. I don't know shit. No one knows a fucking thing. We're all just figuring it out. So don't try to act like you're superiors. Yeah really what it comes down to one thing that is becoming a huge trend in the gym that bothers the shit out of me is fucking crocs are people are people wearing crocs at your gym uh i haven't really seen them a bunch i know they're coming back and i I hate the fact that i hate crocs I know uh, my brother Andrew, he listens. I don't know if he really listens to this or not. I know he said he does. But, like, he got Crocs and his wife got Crocs. And I was like, why? Just don't bring them to the gym. Like, I have Crocs. Just don't bring them to the gym. Just throw them away. Oh, my God. When we go work out tonight, I want you to look and see how many fucking teenage boys have Crocs on in the gym. They're not in four-wheel drive either. (laughs) You know? Not even in four-wheel drive. And they're just fucking crocking and rocking, trying to lift with the boys, and it doesn't that work. brings you to one of my biggest oh my pet God. peeves is teenage boys in the gym. You know, they come in as a group, and they, you know, they're throwing weight around, and they're just oh. doing... And I was like, oh, my God. And, like, you know, so I'm a big dude. And I'm used to people staring at me because, like, I'm a big dude lifting heavy weight. Like, it's nothing. But, like, these teenage boys will come and they'll, they'll work out next to me and they'll, like, be staring at me and they'll grab the same weight as me. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, all right. I'll do it. And then they do it. And I'm just like, sit down, son. Like, go somewhere else. Like, this, you're making this really fucking uncomfortable. I low-key love that because I will walk into the gym and they're already, like, staring at me. And then I'll go and grab, like, some decently heavy weights and they'll just kind of sit there and the mouse will just kind of drop and they're just like... Oh my god. 
and then they get kind of intimidated and then they try to go and grab the weight and they're just like oh my god <laughs> yeah but then they try to like just bullshit their way through it with mm-hmm. that weight anyways and i was like i was doing um oh what was i doing i think i was doing a flat dumbbell bench press i think i had um 90s and i was doing jesus christ yeah and i was doing um i think i think i was doing like a four by ten or twelve or something like that jesus and christ dean <laughs> good for you but um fuck i don't know if we're gonna have weights in the gym for you <laughs> but no like and, and i mean for that that's just like my average workout and and you my know. average workout just grabbing like 90 pound dumbbells <laughs> you know i'm not trying to like so showboat but a little bit i, mean, I would grab 105s my gym doesn't have them <laughs> they do but i'm not there yet um, no, but so I was doing that and like, I'm not trying to like do it to intimidate. That's just what I have programmed. Yeah. But these kids come up and then the saddest part about it is it, their dad was the one to initiate this. Cause there are these two kids work out with their dad and the dad comes up and he's doing seventies and I just come up and I start my workout next to him. I just happen to be doing the same thing as them. Mm-hmm. And so the dad sees me grab the, as I started out, not like 80, 90, hundred for my five by or, uh, five by 10. And so I grabbed the 80s, which is 10 pounds more than his dad's doing. He looks at me, so he puts the 70s back and grabs the 80s. And then he sees me grab the 90s. He puts, then, you know, he's just matching me pretty much. And, but like, you know, I'm repping out decent form. I'm focusing on my shit. And he's just like staring at me, just trying to like, you know, do the same shit. And then his mm-hmm. son's getting on it too. And I'm just like, Jesus That's Christ. That's so dangerous. That's so dangerous. Like, I love seeing young people in the gym working out. Absolutely love that because that's where I started. So like, no, you know, shade to them. It's just that you really got to leave your ego at home, especially when you're young, you want to feel cocky, you want to feel great, but like, that's when you're a lot more likely to hurt yourself. That's when you're really just trying to soak up the foundations, but people will compete in the gym. They see other people and they will low-key compete. No, I do love that competition though, because one thing that I have engraved in my mind over the years is like... You know, I might not look the best, be the leanest, be the biggest, but I will damn sure make sure I outwork every fucking mm-hmm. person in this room. And that's one of the things that I live by. And so, oh, like, yeah. like I, I do respect that hustle, but at the same time, like, don't fuck yourself up. And I was young, too. When I first started working out, I was the exact same way. Like, I would, oh, yeah. you know, like, all my buddies were have been lifting longer than me. They're stronger than me. So, I'm like, all right, well, I got to I gotta do these weights, too. I got to do more than them. And, and I just wouldn't do good form. And so, like, I don't know how far really that set me back. But it's, it's just leave the ego at home and do what you can do best. Yeah, exactly. And then everyone's going to be in a different spot. Like, I can do a fucking insane amount for hip thrust insane amount for rdls but if you get me on a quad extension machine i'm a fucking bitch i can't do shit (laughs) so it's just everyone's goal is so much different so you really can't compare one person to the other yeah no another thing of mine you know speaking of the little kids in the gym is you know uh, when they take their shirts off and start posing in the mirror like they're and they're they have zero muscle mass but they're they're just lean because they have young and have a metabolism yeah that just, it's, I'm just like, dude, stop, it's please. It's just, it's being so cocky. So I know one of the reasons I actually left one of the gyms that I was going to, uh, it was literally because there's a couple kids, mainly this one kid, he, he couldn't have been any older than 16. I don't think he was 16 yet because his mom picked him up from the gym. Mm. But like, he, he'd come in with his hoodie on and, and his over-the-ear headphones and his gallon of water and, you know, and he wouldn't put in that much work or anything. And then he'd take his fucking hoodie off and have a wife beater on and he'd go through his workout and then he'd go into the locker room and like there were a bunch of young teenage girls that worked the desk and I, 
I don't understand what they did because there'd be like five or six of them back there just all on their phones not talking to each uh-huh. other. Don't know what the fuck was going on. Don't care. But then he'd come out not wearing his shirt just to walk past them. And I'm like, you, you literally have no muscle on you, buddy. Uh-huh. But he walked past those girls and he'd go outside, put his shirt back on and wait for his mom to pick him up. <laughs> and that, that just it, it annoys the shit out of me and I, it probably shouldn't I shouldn't let it bother me as much as it does when it's like stop you just you gotta be humble with yourself like I don't know it's kind of hard to say it because like I show off my body a decent amount especially with like the realm that I'm in but like I'm not gonna sit there and like douchey flex in the middle of my sets and try to be like hot shit like I think you get so much further and you get so much more respect from people from just being humble and real and honest with yourself. Yeah. But that's, that's just me. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. You know, you, you can only get so far on being cocky and egotistical mm-hmm. because when you live your life based around your own ego, like, it's going to go away eventually. And when it does, what do you have? Nothing. Oh, exactly. Everyone hates you. They think you're a piece of shit. But you go through life being humble and just respectful and kind and mm-hmm. being an honorable fucking person, then you're going to go so much farther. Even if you don't, you know, get the best results in the world, you know, you're going to have so much more support from people just because like, oh, that, that's, that's a good dude. This is a good guy. This is an honorable man or a woman or whoever. Exactly. But if you go through life being a douche, everyone's going to treat you like that. Because mm-hmm. if you look at like some coaches, there's people that are fucking ripped and they look amazing. But they don't have a good following or like a good coaching service because they're not a good person. And people can see through that. And then there's coaches that, you know, aren't necessarily the most ripped or in shape person, but they're humble. They know their shit and they are huge because it all comes from what's in the core. If you have a facade and you're putting on this show, it's only going to get you so far. Yeah, people are going to see through it eventually. Exactly. But anyways, I, this has been a phenomenal conversation. I am glad that you agreed to sit down and do this with me. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, where can the people find you? Uh, you know, you do coaching, on, online coaching, right? Yep. So I do online nutrition and training coaching. I do online posing coaching as well for the bikini division. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Nicole Kriegel, I-P-E Pro. Kriegel is spelled K-R-I-E. G-E-L. It's my new official last name. Yeah. Just got married this year. Um, Otherwise, my website is www.teamgoldengrit.com. I have all of my coaching services and stuff on there. And then, I mean, yeah, I'm on Facebook. I have a private Facebook group called How to Be a Gym Pro. But... That's all the avenues that I got going on right now. Hell yeah. And I'll try to get all those uh, links in the show notes or something. So I'll be seeing you at at some point. And then, you know, I hope you, uh, you know, put me on your Instagram, your social medias and, and the, you know, promote the show, get more people to join the Legion, join this lifestyle. Cause that's what we're all about here is building, building a family of people to, you know, I basically want to inspire the world to be better and live the best lives that they can. And I'm going to do that by any means necessary. 
Exactly. We're going to film a nasty shoulder workout tonight. Oh, I'm so excited. I fucking love shoulders. Oh my God. We're going to have to take some douchey Instagram mirrors. Oh, we're yeah. going to have to oh, be those yeah. people we were just talking shit about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe we'll flex mid set, you know? <laughs> oh, of course. I 100% plan to show off. Oh, yeah. But anyways, thanks for joining me. This has been phenomenal. Make sure to get out there, get a little bit of training in. Be better than you were yesterday, because at the end of the day, it's you versus yourself. So let's go. Try to make the world a little bit better than we found it. You got anything else? Keep on trucking. Keep try on to trucking. be better one step at a time. All right. Peace out, y'all.